Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. E-S-N-Y. progress perfect timing because this is a crucial crucial stage in the game right now i don't know if you're watching the game or if you had to turn the game off to record the podcast but oh no i was ahead of you oh so you just saw geo strike out oh yes yes i did oh my god you're ahead of me today that's that doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense i have cable what the heck what the heck cable I don't know. I'm not really sure. All I know is I just saw that happen and I was like, what is he talking about? Crucial moment. He just struck I'm going to have to have a word with Optimum. Thank God for the wild pitch. Thank God. The Rob actually just texted me. He said, is the wild pitch our second leading scorer this year? Um, also, gotta be. side note, side note, we got to give a little brief congratulations are in order. Uh, Rob is getting married Friday. The first co-host of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York before we even had those other sponsors. He is getting married on Friday. Good for him. All right. Good for him. Congratulations, Rob. Yeah, he's he's come a long way from recording podcasts in our apartment. What's that uh, supposed to mean? We haven't come a long way? No, oh, I certainly have not. Look at me. I'm still, um, I've actually, I've gone in reverse. I've gone in reverse. Oh, hey, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Little victories we celebrate. Whatever. Grad student life. Yeah, so much fun. What a time. I had to walk all around campus today for a journalism class and talk to strangers. Do you like, that's like my worst nightmare. That's talking to strangers is, is my worst nightmare. And just like walking around the campus being like, excuse me, can you tell me what makes this school this school? What? What? And I had to do that for like two hours today. So I'm gonna I'm in kind of a bad mood. I would say I'm in I was I'm in a little bit of a bad mood. I'm a little bit flustered from all that. But this is episode 115 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast, presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, Rivercrest NYC, and new sponsor, Rob's Wedding, because I'm sinking just hundreds of dollars into this thing. I didn't realize it was gonna be so expensive for me for rob to get married i did not realize the wedding is very very expensive even more so expensive when you're a bridesmaid because you got to pay for the hair and the makeup oh my god oh my god yeah no thankfully thankfully you know we had the the bachelor party a a few weeks ago i guess a couple months ago and that was like the one big thing it's like all right like until the wedding now i can not worry about any of that and then you know last week pops up and was like well I need to go buy shoes. I need to go buy a new shirt for my suit, which I've had for like three years, hoping it still fits. And I got to get a wedding gift, get something off the registry. And oh my God, it is. And I am so poor. I am just, 
I am the poorest person alive, honestly. Ooh, Anthony Rizzo at first base. I love that. Luke Voigt defensively Welcome not getting back. it done today. Not getting it done. Luke Voigt at first base. Who could have guessed? Who could have guessed that Anthony Rizzo would be a better first baseman than Luke Voigt? Literally everybody. Why aren't so. we playing him? Yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. And Clay Holmes. We're going to talk about Clay Holmes later. We're going to do, we're going to do a little bit of talking about the bullpen later. But first, I think we have to preview the most for the hundredth time this season on the podcast, the most important stretch of the season coming up starting right now. It's a tie game in the last game against the Texas Rangers. And obviously when this drops, this game will be over. So we'll know how that turns out. So the Yankees will either be five and four in this last nine game stretch against really bad teams or six and three, either way, probably should have done better. Um, But then we have Toronto and the Boston Red Sox, the two teams that are ahead of us in the wild card hunt and, I'm not entirely emotionally stable right now for, for these series. If you are, if you are, then there's a huge issue. I mean, like these are teams that have beat the Yankees all year. And of course it's coming down to the wire. So naturally this is what was going to happen anyway. Of course. And, and as it stands now, as, as the standings are right now, Boston and Toronto are in the two wild card spots. We are two games back from Boston and we're tied with Toronto right now. Obviously that's going to change at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. This is six straight games against the wild card teams, six straight. This is the yeah. entire season. This is it. If you do well in these six games, you're in the playoffs. Great. You did it. If you don't do well in these games, it's going to be a tough winter. It's going to be a really tough winter, especially for us who who are, I would say we're, we're pretty level-headed fans. We get emotional. We get, we get emotionally unstable about the Yankees, but I'd say when it comes down to it, we're pretty level-headed about the expectations for the team and and what the team should be doing. But if the Yankees don't make the playoffs at all this year, there are going to be riots on Yankees there Twitter. There is going to be a problem. It's not going to go away easily. <laughs> and I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have it in me this year, Allison, to, to try to beat off the Yankee haters who are also Yankee fans with a stick. Should be like, just... Back off, man. Understand, understand that this team underperformed and there's only so many moves that can be made to, to make this team better. And, you know, we got some great performances from Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stan. And just because we didn't make the playoffs doesn't mean we have to blow the entire thing up. I'm not ready for those conversations. I'm, I'm not ready. And I'm getting kind of scared because there's only two weeks left of the season and, and we're dangerously close to the Yankees not making the playoffs. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a very, very realistic possibility. And just the fact that it's getting closer and closer and closer just makes it that much more terrifying. And it's also credit to the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, two teams that, you know, the, the Blue Jays had potential. Everyone knew the Blue Jays had potential. Their offense was really good, but you looked at the pitching staff and you're like, well, it's Hyunjin Ryu and maybe Nate Pearson is, is okay in his second year. And I don't know, Robbie Ray is kind of solid. I guess Steven Matz is kind of solid and, and you know what the offense can do, but the bullpen's terrible. And all of a sudden, here they are. Here are the Blue Jays. They have really good starting pitching. They have the Cy Young, Robbie Ray. He locked up the Cy Young after Garrett Cole's disastrous start against Cleveland. And a whole other thing. Again, that's we'll talk about that too. And, and that was really, you know, depressing. And then you look at you know, Hyunjin Ryu is probably the worst guy on the staff right now for the Toronto Blue Jays. And he's still pretty good. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what the blue Jays did this off season and that's what's winning them games right now. So yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. 
yeah, I'm not not looking forward to it. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see how we line up. I want to see how we line up pitching wise against the Blue Jays or I guess the Red Sox are first. Uh, okay, so we got Garrett Cole going tomorrow. Friday night, Garrett Cole against Nathan Avaldi and and that one has the potential to be a real stinger because Nathan Avaldi as we know when he pitched for the Yankees only gave us 5 innings, 3 earned runs every single day for the entirety of his Yankees career and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's an ace. So, you know, fuck him, I guess. And then Nestor Cortez on Saturday. Ooh. I love that. I love that. And Jordan Montgomery on Sunday. Okay, I'm fine with that. That's Those are our three best pitchers right now. It's a pretty good rotation to have going into. It's probably the best that you could ask for from this entire season. Yeah, so we know Garrett Cole is not going to have another blow-up start in a row. He's not going to have two blow-up starts in a row. You're going to get, a, yeah, fingers crossed, you're going to get a good performance from Garrett Cole. Okay, Nestor Cortez, he's an ace. Ever since he got the mustache, he's an ace. He's been the best pitcher on the team since he got his mustache, and that's all we need to say about that. And Jordan Montgomery, the guy we've been touting for years, who Max Greenfield has said, you guys are correct for loving Jordan Montgomery, Mm -hmm. even though his ERA stats don't reflect it yet. You're correct for loving Jordan Montgomery. He has had one hell of a season and just getting zero run support, but he has been fantastic this year. He really has. Um, I have certainly enjoyed watching him pitch too. Just, just those days when he's going out on the mound, I feel 10 times more confident than I did at the beginning of the season. So kudos See, I, to him. I still don't feel confident, but it's not because of Jordan Montgomery. It's because for whatever reason, the offense just doesn't hit for him. I, I remember seeing an insane stat after his last start that he had gone like 23 of 28 of his starts this year. He allowed three or few, three or fewer earned runs. And in 23 of 28 starts this year, he's gotten three or fewer runs in run support from his offense. I don't know if it's the same 23 of 28. It probably isn't. But that's, you know, that's Jacob deGrom level of not getting mm-hmm. run support for your pitcher, not not getting, you know, Jacob deGrom should have had 30 wins the second Cy Young year. And he actually had 10 because the Mets offense just didn't show up on his start days, which is absurd, absurd. Um, well, here's the other thing too, is that like with Jordan Montgomery, it's it's not just him. Like the offense just is not clicking and it hasn't been clicking all year long, but it but does sometimes it does. And uh, the first game against Cleveland, let's just start talking about Cleveland. The first game against Cleveland, everything's fine. Everything's great. Look, everybody's hitting Aaron judge. Great. John Carlos Stanton. Great. We're all doing a really good job. And then it just disappears for two days, but then it comes back and then it disappears for another day. And then it comes back for three days and then it's gone for four days. It's so maddening, maddeningly inconsistent. And it's right. You know, it's doing that again tonight. There's no reason the Yankees should have three runs in the seventh inning against the Texas Rangers. Come on. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of look at it too, as the fact that, uh, the Yankees just really haven't been so consistent. And the fact that they are vying for a wild card spot right now with their inconsistencies, they are going to have potentially a one game playoff. And that is the worst case scenario because you really don't know what team's going to show up for a one day game. Absolutely. And if it's, if it's the blue Jays, I'm, I'm thinking about just chalking that up as a loss already because Robbie Ray has outpitched Garrett Cole this year. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Robbie Ray is the Cy Young, best pitcher in the American League this year. And the Blue Jays' offense is better than ours. It's significantly better than our offense. The only advantage that we have is the bullpen, and that's you know banking on guys like Luis Severino and Domingo Herman 
being good mm-hmm. when they they just came back. Obviously, Severino last night was fantastic, and it was just beautiful to see him out on the mound again. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but it looks like his ass has grown grown three sizes, like the Grinches. He is just he's been doing leg day after leg day after leg day, apparently. Well, I actually have not looked, so thank you for pointing that out. Oh yeah, and he wore he wore high socks. We know that when you wear high socks, you're a better baseball player. Everybody knows that. This is true. Look at I'm Brett saying, Carter. Look at Aaron Judge, 2016, low pants, bad, very bad, 179 batting average, 2017, high socks, MVP. Should have won an MVP. I'm just the, the evidence is here. Just imagine how good Mike Trout would be if he wore high socks. That's one of those like Mike Trout is like saving the rest of the league, trying to increase the entertainment value. If he went high socks, it'd be like, why is anyone else even showing up? We're just here to watch Mike Trout hit 110 home runs a year. He's just saving and the rest of the league. Still could see it. Absolutely. Still could see it. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm nervous. Allison, I'm very nervous about it because it's been a it's it's been an emotional roller coaster all year. And and in the standings, the Yankees have gone through these stretches where they win like eleven of thirteen, and then they go, you know, two and fifteen. And then there was one stretch where I think they won thirty plus games and lost eleven, and then it goes right back to you know one of ten for the next, and then you have the thirteen game winning streak, and now we have where we are right now, and it's where it's time for the hot streak to come up. Like it's it's time it's if you break down the increments of when they're hot and when they're not, this would be the perfect time for that hot streak to start. And I'm like, I'm banking on it because if the Yankees miss the playoffs and the Padres are already going to miss the playoffs, I'm just going to deem myself a curse. And I might just stop watching baseball altogether because those two teams are supposed to be locks, locks in the playoffs, like 99%. Like this team's going to be in the playoffs and they both might miss it. Yep. Yeah, no, I definitely will blame you for that. That is, there's no other excuse. Yeah, obviously. Uh, all right. Well, Luis Severino, did you did you catch any of his performance last night? I did not. I missed oh. it, but I was, uh, you know, catching up on the Twitter Twitterverse. Yeah, and well, stuff. let me catch let me catch you up on how our good friend Luis looked. First of all, happy. He looked happy, just happy to be out there again, and that's what we needed. And I think what we really need is for Masahiro Tanaka to come back so we can have. Sevi and Tanaka back together. And that's, you know, that's the content we really need. But mm-hmm. fastball looked good. 94, 95 miles per hour. Had a lot of life on it still. And the slider was fantastic. He threw five changeups that were all really good. He left one a little bit high and that got hammered for a double. But his changeup is so much more improved than it was before his injury. So clearly he's been working on that. So if we're looking forward to 2022 and we're looking at Garrett Cole, Luis Severino as your one, two, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling pretty good. Definitely not a bad look. No, he was, he was very good last night. I was very happy to see him back. Uh, I think, I think Domingo Herman was cleared to come back today, but obviously since this is a close game, he's not going to be pitching in it. Uh, And I don't really care to see him pitch against the Red Sox at all this weekend in the most crucial series of the year because we haven't seen Domingo Herman pitch in, in many, many months. And Jamison Tyone had his rehab start today in Scranton actually faced off against Noah Syndergaard in his mm-hmm. rehab start. So that was interesting and pitched pretty well. So Jamison Tyone could be back for next week, maybe against the Blue Jays. I'd be okay with that too. And the Yankees rotation is coming together. It really is. It really is. And just in time. I mean, that just... 
like we said, hopefully the offense picks it up because that is, that is the key. Um, but at the same time, you still need a quality start from your starting pitchers. So at the very least a quality start so that your offense can actually get rolling. And hopefully the bullpen comes around with, with Severino and Herman and Jonathan Loisga is going to be back soon. The Loisga gang, they're all very excited about that. He looked uh, very good when he threw the other day, he looked very free, which we know from watching him pitch is he's, he's got a very fluid motion and he throws gas and he throws nasty breaking stuff. So he's going to be coming back soon. All of a sudden the Yankees bullpen, which was, oh, it's been a weakness for the past month or so, all of a sudden it's going to turn into a strength again. I'm pretty excited about that. So if we're looking at the playoffs, the only thing that still needs to come around is the offense, which is what the Yankees were supposed to be. It was supposed to be only offense this year. And that's yeah. the one thing that's been letting us down time and time again. Absolutely. I mean, it, I've never seen a team that has been so hot and so cold all at once. I mean, it's just either everyone's hitting or absolutely no one's hitting. And it is just absurd. And Joe, Joey Gallo, at least, is starting to come out of it a little bit. He, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was pretty terrible <laughs> when we traded for yeah. him for the first you know month and a half of his time here. And then he went on a streak where he had hit five home runs in eight games. And, and he's remained pretty hot. He's doing pretty well. Uh, Brett Gardner saved the season for a month, kept the Yankees in the hunt when everybody else was going cold. John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge, let's just take a beat and appreciate that they stayed healthy all year all year and produced they produced and they stayed healthy so if i have to narrow down who is on my shit list this winter it's probably glaber torres uh dj lemayhew and sadly Gio rochella i think Gio rochella is on my shit list right now yeah i mean it definitely makes sense but do you think that brett garner is going to get that uh that another year deal oh my god well he has he has a option for next year mm-hmm. team option yeah. With a mm-hmm. with a buyout, so I don't know. Aaron Hicks should be back next year, right? Right. Aaron Hicks should be coming back. Say that, but who knows? Who knows? And you now you have Joey Gallo, who's under contract next year. You got John Carlos Stanton, who's been able to stay healthy while playing a, a pretty decent amount of outfield in the past couple months or so. And you know, maybe they don't need Brett Gardner anymore. Aaron Judge has been playing a lot of center field, and if Aaron Hicks comes back, he becomes the center fielder again. And where is Brett Gardner, the fifth outfielder? Okay, so we're guaranteeing at least two injuries because since Brett Gardner has dark magic surrounding his bald head, he has to play 120 games every year, every year. It's true. It really is. So any any team that he goes to, he's going to be a starter just because it just always happens. Yeah. If if Brett Gardner really cared about the Yankees, he would keep Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, and Joey Gallo healthy by retiring. That's the only way to guarantee that they stay healthy. Brett Gardner retires. I mean, I don't know. He's been healthy this year, and they've all been healthy. Yeah, but it's going to be a whole season next year because Aaron Hicks is going to come back into the mix. Or, or Aaron Hicks. If he cares about Aaron Hicks, mm-hmm. he has to retire. And, you know, Clint Frazier's done. Miguel Andujar's done. Um, the outfield is just going to be all home runs from now on and forever. And Brett Gardner is not going to be involved in it anymore. Luke Voigt, another guy who's probably on the chopping block. He's been hitting well. Oh, yeah. He's been hitting well. The defense mm-hmm. is really bad. And I'm really looking forward to whatever quote he has when he is doing his press conference with his new team after he gets traded this winter. Because, you know, the first thing he's going to get asked is, well, how did you feel about your exit from New York? Did you feel like they they kind of shoved you out the door and replaced you with Anthony Rizzo? And he said, yeah, obviously. I mean, look at me. I put up MVP numbers in 2020. He's already said something like that. 
this year. When they first got Anthony Rizzo, he said, well, look what I did last year. I deserve to be here. I was like, well, Luke, you haven't played all year. You've been injured all year. We needed a first baseman, so we went and got one. Um, Gio Rochella tra- getting traded, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Um, just because I mean, we love Gio. And, and you know, maybe his time has come. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's sad. And I hope success for him wherever he goes. But I don't think we're ever going to get that 2020 magic back for Gio Rochella. It's just, it's not going to happen. And it opens the door to move DJ LeMayhew to third and keep Glaber Torres at second base, where maybe he can at least be an average defender because he has been a terrible shortstop, really terrible. And he's also terrible with the bat. So maybe Glaber Torres gets traded. I don't see that happening because why would you trade him when his value is so low? But mm-hmm. there's going to be a couple shortstops in the market and the name that keeps getting tossed around early, Carlos Correa. Ugh. No, thank Ugh. you. No. no. Thank you. That is, it's going to be a tough sell to have Carlos Correa come over after everything that, that he did. Mm -hmm. And after everything that the Yankees and Astros have been through together, it's going to be a tough sell to get Carlos Correa comfortable in New York and get the media on his side in his first season of a mega contract, because that's what it would be. It's not going to be a one-year deal. We're going to sign Carlos Correa for like 12, 13 years. He's going to be here until the day he dies. If, if the Yankees go out and get Carlos Correa and that's going to be a conversation. Oh yes. No, that it honestly, that is never, that, that can't happen. It just can't. It can't. There's, there's just too much baggage. There's too right, much baggage. There's just no way. I mean, like you understand like having, you know, a big name player come over, but like someone with that much bad blood and history between the two, just, mm-mm. I can't think of another player who had like, that level of hatred among a fan base Uh, not even like when you look back at like David Ortiz obviously never would have left the Red Sox but if the Yankees had signed David Ortiz we would have loved them we would be like yeah this is great the same thing happened with Johnny Damon we loved Johnny Damon when he came over and and you know David Ortiz was a we respected him at the very least and there's just there's no respect for Carlos Gray he's a great baseball player very good baseball player but what he did and the effect it had on the Yankees and I just I can't see a situation where one, he wants to put himself in that situation where he wants to say, you know what, I'll go to New York. It would, New York would have to blow him out of the water with a contract offer. Yes. And that's just I, I couldn't imagine the clubhouse. Like, how do you stand next to Aaron Judge? How do you stand next to Aaron Judge in that clubhouse after after 2017, after what happened right. in 2017? After everything. That, yeah. yeah. How, yeah. How do you do that? How do you do that? I don't know. I don't think you can. So the next guy we move on the list, Corey Seager. Corey Seager's not a great defender. So we're going to have the same problems with, with Glaber Torres and at least Corey Seager hits and he's a lefty. So that'll be nice, but he's not a great defender. So we're going to have that same complaint about uh, people saying, Oh, Andrew Velasquez should be the starting shortstop. No, Tyler Wade. Oh my God. Tyler Wade, Tyler Wade with every day at bats. How about that? (laughs) I mean, listen, he just stole two bases. (laughs) He did. Yes, he did do that. He did steal two bases. And that's, yeah, it's a nice role for him. The defensive versatility, the pinch running, and it's it's a nice spot for Tyler Wade to just be that like extra guy. It's like, do we need a base stolen? Tyler Wade. And we need someone to go play left field? Tyler Wade. Shortstop? Tyler Wade. Mm-hmm. Someone to hit, though? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see Tyler Wade taking every day at bats. I don't know about that. <laughs> No, he's just uh, he's just a player out of convenience. And, you know, I feel bad about that. But man, I mean, he he gets stuff done when he wants to. 
He's going to quietly carve out a very nice career for himself as this mm-hmm. role player until he turns like 33 and he starts to lose a step. And it's like, oh, well, we don't really need Tyler Wade anymore. He doesn't bring that much. But all of a sudden you're going to see like, wow, he made it to like he had like seven years in the big leagues and he mm-hmm. played pretty frequently. It wasn't like he was just a perennial bench player. He was, he was in the lineup. He was doing stuff like Ben Zobris. But like if Ben Zobris was a T-baller or if Ben Zobris was a good person. Is Ben Zobris a bad person? I've never heard of that before. Uh, there are rumors. There, there are rumors that Ben yeah, Zobris yeah, yeah. might be a bad guy. Okay. We're going to have to look yeah, into that. Yeah, not really sure. But yeah, we're yeah. going to have to do some investigative journalism, which I'm now qualified to do because I walked around a college campus for two hours asking people what makes the school the school. There you go. Next subject. Yeah, next subject. Uh, oh, oh, no. Tyler Wade fell down. He is bleeding. I know. It is bleeding. kind of funny. <laughs> he is bleeding profusely. Oh, boy putting his ass on the line. Well, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Anthony Rizzo, first at bat of the day. He really hasn't been that great since we got him either, to be honest. He's stepped up in a couple of big spots, but that's... Yeah, that's over, really overall, he's definitely... He was much better with the Cubs than he's been with us and overall. But the defense mm-hmm. is such a huge improvement over Luke Voigt. I know first base defense doesn't really matter all that much, uh, but tonight it probably saves you a run. Now, I was watching that game earlier, and I don't know. Luke Voigt just Anthony Rizzo makes plays that Luke Voigt doesn't, and sometimes that saves mm-hmm. runs. And if that's run is saved, maybe it's three two Yankees right now. Maybe we're finally on our way to that six and three nine game stretch, and I guess seven and three if you include that one Minnesota game, which was weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, this this entire season has just been weird, and I can't get over it. I just can't. It really has been a weird season. And it's like last year, I guess, kind of, it kind of changed my mindset there. I jumped out of the gate this season from like game one. I was like, every game is the most important game we've ever played. And it's very easy to forget how long this season is. But then you get to September and you're like, well, remember that bad loss against Minnesota? Remember that bad loss against Cleveland? It's, those add up. Those add up over 162. Mm-hmm. And when the other two uh, two teams in your division, or let's even say three, let's even say three teams, including the Rays, I, you know, you kind of knew the Rays were at least going to be pesky. Mm-hmm. I thought the Yankees would be better, but I, you knew the Rays were going to be pesky. All four teams at the top of the AL East, except the Orioles, of course, could be 90 win teams, could be 90 win teams. Yeah. And you just ran into a couple buzz saws this year and it was, it didn't work out. And you got to beat the Orioles. That's the thing. That's that's where we lost the division. You got to beat the Orioles. So did you see Kyle Higashioka just now on the bench? No, I wasn't looking at the screen. What do you do? He was doing this. <laughs> he was doing he was doing the Italian hand for Anthony He's Rizzo. Doing the Italian hands for Mr. Rizzo. Oh my god. <laughs> but um but yes you're absolutely right i mean the fact that the yankees just could not beat the orioles is that's what the difference only, was that's what the difference is pathetic but like that's what you have to do i, mean, I would say i would i would say what we what did we play against them like 500 ball we played I, I gotta look it up now i gotta know the exact number uh yankees record against orioles Let's find out. Do 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 do. This is just not helpful at all. 
just the way that this uh, information came out. That's that's not helpful at all. Uh, somebody wrote an article last week called "The Orioles Knocked the Yankees Out of the Postseason," which essentially, yeah, eleven <laughs> and eight. We were eleven and eight against the Baltimore Orioles. That is yeah, unacceptable. They, yeah, no, unacceptable. Definitely. So frustrating, and the, the Red Sox still have to play them again. So it's not like the Yankees are going to catch any breaks if they don't play well against Boston and Toronto this weekend because the Red Sox get to play the Orioles again. Uh, Toronto, I don't know. I don't know who Toronto is playing in that last couple series or in that last series because now they're playing us in the second to last series. Let's I find out. do not know. It has to be like the Rays, right? Well, we're, we're playing the Rays in the last series of the year. The Blue Jays are playing the Rays right now, uh, and they okay. lost today. So the Blue Jays have Minnesota, us, and then the Orioles. Of course, of course, it's the Orioles. Uh, the Red Sox. Nope, that's the Cubs. The Red Sox have us, then the Orioles, then the Nationals. So the Red Sox play the Nationals and the Orioles for the last week of the season. That's That doesn't seem particularly fair. Uh, mm. And it also makes it especially crucial that while we're playing the Toronto Blue Jays and Tampa Bay Rays, we win those games because Boston is going to win theirs. They're going to beat the Nationals and they're going to beat the Orioles. So we have to beat the other teams and just take control of your own destiny. God, just for once this year, Yankees, take control of your own destiny. Just win big series. Win big series, win any series. That's, I mean, win any. And it's finish a sweep tonight. Finish a sweep, please. I, I'm so tired. As you remember, even that stretch where the Yankees were like 30 and 11, they weren't finishing sweeps. They were winning two or three against bad teams. I was mm-hmm. like, just win all three. You're playing the Twins. Just win all three. You're playing the Royals or the Tigers. We got swept by the Detroit Tigers this year, Allison. We got mm-hmm. swept. You want to yep. know where those three games come from? That's where it comes from. Yep. I recall. I recall. Mm. <sighs> Frustrating. I'm mad. I'm very mad. And if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, we're going to have a very different vibe on the podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I'm trying to be as calm as possible because I'm just sadly anticipating <laughs> bad news. But you know, sadly what? anticipating a, a Chad Green explosion and or a, an Oraldis Chapman explosion, because why would the Yankees win this very winnable game? Why would they do that? There's a lot of things that could go wrong. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and I think we could probably list every single one because they've happened already. <laughs> yeah, we've we've been watching it all year. We've been watching it. And it's it's we know, sucks. We know it what's sucks. gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Do you have any you have any anything else you want to talk about with the Yankees? Anything else that interests you or angers you? No, no. They just naturally anger me. That's kind of what they do. They're good just at naturally it. You know, they're like a pesky little brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm the Padres that were supposed to make my life easier. And instead they did the opposite. The Padres are 76 and 74. As of right now, they're basically a 500 team and they should have been like, should have been the second best team in the league behind the Dodgers. They should have, they are game over 500. That's that sucks. And Jace Tingler is going to get fired. The whole Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. thing in the dugout, which was so like not a big deal, but obviously Mm -hmm. it gets blown up because it's in the public view and, you know, Machado was just trying to keep Tatis in the game because he almost got himself tossed out for arguing balls mm-hmm. and strikes. He was like, yo, like, this is a game against the team that's ahead of us in the wild card. We kind of need you here, buddy. That'd be like if, right. if John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge were having a blowout fight in the 
Yankees dugout this weekend because John Carlos Stanton punched out on a bad pitch and Aaron Judge yelled at him like, hey, we need you in the lineup for two more at bats, sir. You're the best player we have, sir. Like some shit like that. Right. I would right. hate to see that. That would be very frustrating. And I'm also going to be uh, with my buddy Max this weekend at the wedding, of course. And we have a, a running bet for about four years. We bet $10 on every Yankees Red Sox game. So this series could go extremely poorly for me. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. It would just be him gloating at, at Rob's wedding. We'd just be sitting at the table and he'd just have the game up on his phone and be like, Oh, did you see that Xander Bogarts double? Oh man. That's killer. That's killer. I would have a terrible time. That's all I would talk about too. People would be like, Remember the memories of Rob's starting. Remember when we were all happy and, and we were just having a good time and we were all together. I'm like, yeah, I remember. Sucked. <laughs> good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs> but no, I mean, I've got nothing else besides being cautiously optimistic and hopeful. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't, I don't want to get optimistic yet because I don't want my heart broken. I don't want to go there yet, but we'll wrap it up there for the week and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll stave off a, a heart attack or two this weekend and, and really just survive until next week where hopefully the Yankees will be back in the playoff picture. That's the goal. Stay alive until next week. Stay alive. All right. See you next week. All right.